Thursday, February 29th, 2024. You're listening to Fun Club. We are your hosts, Kent and Crow, and this is episode number one. It was an interesting time. But anyway, let's do a podcast. So uh, welcome to Fun Club. Fun Club is a brand new podcast that we're doing. Um, if you if you haven't already, go back and listen to episode zero where we explain what this podcast is. But just a quick recap, it's kind of like a book club, but not just for books. Actually, probably rarely books because we don't know how to read. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we're going to be watching shows and movies and listening to albums and reading comic books, whatever we think is cool. Uh, and then we're just going to talk about it here on the show. And of course, we'll encourage everyone to to watch the same stuff that we're watching and participating in these conversations uh, in the Discord and all that stuff as we do it. It's going to be fun. We're just now, this is episode number one. We're just now getting this thing started. And we are talking about Masters of the Universe Revelation. This is a direct sequel to the old 80s He-Man series. It picks up on storylines that were going on, you know, with that series. I have not gone back to to watch the old He-Man series, so I'm not, you know, I'm not fresh on what what happened back then or whatever. I'm, we're just kind of starting right here, right now on this new uh, reboot here. Uh, but what's really cool? This is produced by Kevin Smith, and, and with his Hollywood con- connections, man, have you uh, gone to the IMDb and looked at the the cast of voice actors involved in this thing? I have, and that was. One of the things I wanted to talk about how insane that was, particularly one <laughs> one person I saw who was like a the guy that voiced Mossman in this series, also voiced okay. Cringer in the original He Man. Oh, okay. And also Did voiced Skeletor, Man at Arms, Cringer, and Battle Cat in an old He Man animated movie of He Man and She Ra. I was okay. like, wow, there's, so, uh, a, there's a lot of interconnected. Interconnected voice acting going on in this show. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool that they kind of brought a dude that was already involved in the past. But uh, I just kind of made a quick list of of some names to shout out here. I mean, He-Man himself, a.k.a. Prince Adam, is Chris Wood, who's someone who works with Kevin Smith a lot. Tila is Sarah Michelle Gellar. Mark Hamill is Skeletor. Alicia Silverstone is Queen Marlena. Diedrich Bader, that's the dude that played Oswald in um, the Drew Carey show. He's the he's the king in this show. Lena Headey, she's Cersei in the uh, Game of Thrones show. Uh, she's Evil Lynn. With her, Jason Mewes makes an appearance. Phil Lamar. I wanted to have like a special shout out to uh, the the voice actor Griffin Newman, who does the voice of Orko. I thought he does <laughs> a, a really really excellent job um, on that character. And um, Crow, I think you might be interested in this if you, if you're not familiar with this dude. He uh, he plays Arthur. In the Amazon version of the Tick live action series, oh, really? I don't know. Have you? We we used to watch the old live action series. I don't know. Have you checked out the Amazon version? Before? No, I haven't. I've definitely seen the old one, but the new one, I, I I never I never watched it. Dude, it's good, and this actor's really good. And what's interesting about it is, you know, it's called the Tick, but it's actually the way the 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 twist on this like kind of the Amazon adaptation is it's actually about Arthur. Arthur's the main character oh. of this version of the show and it's this actor and he he does a great job. But uh, I love the way he does Orko's voice, you know? Like if you go back and watch the old He-Man, the old Orko, 
kind of had an irritating voice, honestly. You can only take so much <laughs> yeah. of it. This dude, I think, did a great job of capturing the spirit and character, and it really still still kind of feels like Orko, but he has a lot more subtlety and sensitivity and expressiveness, and he just does an excellent job. I just wanted to shout that dude out. Uh, Griffin Newman, really great actor. One of the first things I noticed when I started watching it was specifically the voice acting, kind of like what you said, like all the characters kind of had that. They took the the original voice, even the changes they made, they didn't like stray super far from, like you would be able to recognize who it was, but they they did it in a way that was, I don't know if more modern is necessarily the way I want to say it, but in a much more, I don't know. Cohe- there was a cohesiveness yeah, like modernized to or it updated. That, yeah, and it and it was yeah, especially, especially even like Cringer, you know, Cringer's voice in the old one was s- super quirky, and it still was in this one, but less kind of like Orko. It was less, I don't know, annoying. Yeah, really, all around, it's like um, their their voices are less heavily affected. I think like Skeletor, I think is the most prime example. Like the old Skeletor voices, like there's a ton of echo. And- yeah. It's like a really, it sounds like he's in a completely different room when he talks, you know. Uh, This one, it's nothing like that, you know, but he definitely sounds like Skeletor. And yeah, you're right. It's all the voice acting as well as the art. It's uh, everyone's very identifiable. You know, you immediately recognize, oh, this is He-Man and all the, the character designs and the costume designs and all that. It's all familiar, but also modernized and updated. And it looks like something that was made today. The animation was out of control good. I mean, that that's... Oh, so good. Uh, having, you know, there's any kind of superhero-ish type of things for the last little while, with the exception of Miles Morales' Spider-Man movie, you know, things like that, has primarily been been in the, the DC front. And the DC animation all kind of looks the same. Like, every movie, they're just pumping out movies, like, super quickly. And all the animation looks the same. In this, it almost had... It almost had the charm of the old 2D animation without having it actually be 2D. And that brought like a yeah. really, really nice depth and character to for those voice actors to act upon, you know? And that I think that's part of the charm of the show is those two elements went together like very, very well because, you know... I mean, imagine it looking stupid with still the same voice acting is going to be great, you know, but if if it looks like so-so, it's not going to have that same hit. But the animation was, yeah. I, I, I did, I forgot to even look into who, who where, where, where they went through for the animation, but like, man, it was so good. Yeah, they did such a great job of making it, you know, they, they hit those nostalgia buttons, you know, for people mm-hmm. who watched He-Man back in the day, like you immediately are just like, ah, oh, man, this is what I watched as a kid. But it is also updated and not exactly the same. And the, and the ways that they update it were subtle and smart and not over the top. They weren't trying to reinvent anything or anything like that. You know, it was just like, what if this show had been created today? And that's what we got. So great job. I think a, a great example also is like a Prince Adam versus He-Man. Uh, I wanted to kind of point that out because like in the old series – it's kind of comical, right? They're the exact same yeah. dude, you know, and it's just a different color outfit. And everyone's like, oh, who's He-Man? I wonder, you know. Yeah. But this is actually Prince Prince Adam is a scrawny, you know, young young lad. And, and He-Man is a very different, like, giant hulking-looking guy, you know, and they kind yeah. of are very different looking. Yeah, it's much more, much more believable. I mean, the, the old He-Man 
Prince Adam himself looked like. I mean, he was jacked. <laughs> he was like, like he was huge. Yeah, just he, an ultra jacked. Yeah, he looked like you know the the town bard that would play the lute in the streets, you know. But he's like humongous. So yeah, it, yeah. it was cool that they they actually went with the more believable disguise or, or not disguise, but alter alter ego actually had a believable <laughs> believable yeah. believable differentiality between them. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, great job with that. So, I guess let's kind of get into the sort of chronology of things and kind of how things went down. I guess I should give people a heads up. The whole, you know, point of this podcast is spoilers, right? It's basically a spoiler cast. So, uh, if you haven't seen this yet and you're you're worried about that, we're, we're, we're giving it all away here, you know, so fair warning. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it picks up on uh, some old storyline. I'm, I'm not really familiar with the old storylines, but uh, according to the descriptions and stuff it's picking up on that kind of in the opening sort of montage i want to sort of um lay out some information that that we kind of pick up on just opening so to, to kind of set the stage and all that sort of stuff so this all takes place on planet eternia which is at the center of the universe uh, on planet eternia is castle castle gray skull which is an ancient fortress of mystery if you were wondering that's castle gray skull and then we have snake mountain which is the bad place. It's a sanctuary of sin and sorrow. <laughs> so that's going to be on the quiz. Castle Grayskull, Ancient Fortress of Mystery, Snake Mountain, Sanctuary of Sin and Sorrow. Okay. <laughs> uh, Formidable places, both of them. Both of them. I had both play sets as a child. Uh, Skeletor rules Snake Mountain, and he seeks the power of Grayskull. That's, that's what the whole show is about. Prince Adam defends Castle Grayskull by transforming into He-Man, uh, which is the most powerful man in the universe. That's what they say. So it must be true. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to <laughs> focus on this. Uh, only four others know the secret of who He-Man is. It's the, it's the bird lady, the sorceress, uh, Duncan, lady. Cringer, and Orko. I'm going to be calling her the bird lady, I by like the it. way. That's her name. I like it. Yeah. But they made a point of saying that only those four people know the secret, uh, you know, in this little intro here. But as we'll get into this, I mean, the, the, they let it out of the bag real quick. You <laughs> I know? knew you were going I mean, with that. It was like the overwhelming out the secret. Freaking window. And then immediately. Yeah. I thought that was funny, just, too. Yeah, because... Yeah, because I was keeping track of this as I was watching. I was like pausing, like, oh, okay, so now this person knows the secret too. And then I unpause, like, oh, well, pause again. Now this person knows the secret. And eventually my pause button's broken, you know? It's just like, what's going on here? Now it's not a secret at all. Blacksmith knows the secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was funny. It was funny how quickly oh, they. A lot of things happened very abruptly in this episode. Oh, that's my favorite thing about it. That's my favorite thing about this series. <laughs> this thing just happened out of nowhere. Like the plot just takes a, a 90 degree turn just out of nowhere for no reason at all. Yeah. It's amazing. So yeah, basically the whole premise is whoever controls Castle Grayskull has uh, ultimate power and basically they are the master of the universe. Uh, and so the good guys are currently in charge of Castle Grayskull and we're, we're trying to keep it that way. Uh, and Skeletor is just constantly trying to take it. Uh, and basically, the opening scene is, um, that's kind of where we're headed. In the opening scene, um, basically what's happening is there's a celebration taking place inside Castle Grayskull. And the occasion is the current man-at-arms, whose name is actually Duncan, seems like he's retiring. And his daughter, Tila, 
It's taken his place. So this is a whole ceremony and celebration and all of that for that sort of changing of hands um, taking place. Uh, it's just kind of a nice, pleasant scene. Everyone's just kind of saying nice things to each other, giving each other hugs, and just kind of a nice little scene. We cut outside the castle. We see this hooded figure approaching the castle. He's on a robot horse, which is pretty cool. You know, not a normal horse. It's got to be a robot horse. And uh, he's got two goons kind of tied up behind the horse, and he's approaching the gates. I don't even know why the hood was involved at all, because he pulls it off pretty much right away, and it's He-Man. It was and for he your surprise. And he has a couple of prisoners. Yeah, I guess so. It's for the audience. It, it was the aha moment of, of the, uh, ah. the long-haired hero. Here he is. So he's got a couple of goons. It looks like he's uh, taken captive to, to be prisoners inside Castle Grayskull. Uh, so they're standing right outside the door, and a, a bird lady appears, who um, everyone calls the sorceress, but uh, you know she's a bird lady. She looks like a bird. She's welcoming He-Man, uh, but then all of a sudden, one of the goons turns out to be Skeletor. He was in some sort of like you know shape-shifting disguise or whatever, and he has a you know this kind of big intro. I'm Skeletor, the Lord of Destruction, or whatever. Uh, but the bird lady like blasts him with a giant beam while he's like mid-introduction. It's pretty funny. So, you know, right away we can see, right? Just same old Skeletor, right? He's at the castle gates. He's trying to take it over. And it's just the same old He-Man that we know and love from from days past. So we go back to the celebration inside. Uh, Cringer, the, the green kind of tiger-looking dude, he's scared of the loud noises, of the fireworks and all that kind of stuff. Orko almost kills Cringer <laughs> by putting him in a bubble and suffocating him. Orko, by the way, is that floaty little elf magic guy with the hat. I love that they kept um, that that quirkiness with with both both Orko and Cringer, but especially with Orko, is a little better. Yeah, like he's relief. bad at magic. Yeah, yeah, he's like this. Yeah. When he needs to be, he's like a super powerful like magic being, but he's also just like kind of goofy. Yeah. Oh, he was always my favorite as a kid, and I, I still like him quite a bit, especially like I was saying, that voice actor. I'm already a fan of that dude, and I think he just nails that. He's a perfect choice for that role. So anyway, Prince Adam appears. He pops the bubble. He saves Cringer. He says, I have the power, when he's holding his little needle in his hand. But that's weird, you know? Why We're looking at Prince Adam right here. We just saw He-Man outside the castle gates, so what's going on here? Just as we're thinking that, we cut back to the to the scene outside the castle gates, and He-Man grabs the bird lady from behind, like in a menacing, you know, angry kind of way. And she turns around, and she's like, you're not He-Man. Uh, turns out it's not He-Man. It's, a, it's a dude whose name, <laughs> she was correct. <laughs> uh, he was a shapeshifter, apparently that goes by the name of Faker. And in the subtitles, Faker was capitalized, so I believe that's his name. So it's not He-Man at all. Uh, Bird Lady blasts his arms off. <laughs> Literally, like, she, so the dude has his arms around Bird Lady. She does, like, a, I don't know, some kind of, like, explosion blast, and his arms literally fall onto the ground. Uh, but not to worry. They're, like, attached to these cables. He just kind of zips them right back on. No big deal. He's back in business. That's got to be an action figure, surely. Oh, yeah. It is. I knew it. <laughs> uh, the, the other goon, like a lobster-looking guy, turns out to be... Uh, a key character, Evil Lynn, is the name of this character. Not Lynn, Evil Lynn. And she is indeed evil. She tries to kill the bird lady, but fails. Bird lady puts up a shield thing and, and basically blocks it. Probably my favorite line in the whole episode is right here. The bird lady calls Skeletor the Lord of Failure. 
and Skeletor, voiced by Mark Hamill, replies, Ah, but my repeated failures were but a bridge to my success. <laughs> Freaking baller line, dude. Skeletor. I mean, I'm I'm actually like on Team Skeletor after that line right there. I'm like thinking this dude is – can you imagine someone like calls you a loser and you're like, ah, I used to be a loser, but not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Merely a pathway to my domination. Uh, I, Ske- yeah, just the, the confidence. I mean, having gone as long as he has – and I may be incorrect in the in the lore, but having gone as long as he has without succeeding – He's in a pretty uh, a pretty good mood. Yeah. He's, he's pretty, yeah, he's, pretty uh, well-witted for a, a man who's <laughs> constantly defeated. <laughs> yeah, you. I guess you would have to really have some, you know, unbreakable resolve to keep going. I mean, here he is again and again and again. So kudos to Skeletor. I'm actually on Skeletor's side as of as of this line here's right here. Here's My repeated. Skelly. I've got to get that tattooed on my chest, dude. My repeated failures were but a bridge to my success. <laughs> Hell yeah, Skeletor. Skeletor reveals that there's a giant army outside. They're storming the castle. Uh, and he taunts the bird lady. He says, call your champion. He's daring her to call He-Man. That was actually pretty cool. Pretty cool line, <laughs> I thought. Yeah. Like, call your call champion. Call your champion. Oh, Yeah. Dude, Mark Hamill is such a great voice actor. He has so many, Skeletor has so many baller lines, and Mark Hamill just nails them all. So oh, good. Oh, man, he's so good. He's such a good bad guy voice. I mean, I didn't, oh, yeah, he honestly, was the Joker I didn't know. Back in the old Batman? Oh, yeah. I can't. He's, he is the voice everyone hears from the Joker. Like, even if you're reading the comics, oh, yeah. I mean, yes. that, that's what you hear in your head. That's how good a job he did. But I did. I didn't even know he was going to be in this show. I kind of went in purposely blind, um, uh-huh. which I like to do. And as, yep. as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, hell yeah. Like, I, d- I didn't realize he was going to be in it, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, he's just, he's great. I just, like, imagine him in the the sound studio, like, in the booth. Like, he's probably, like, all crinkling up his face and doing all weird stuff as <laughs> yeah. he's producing that voice, you know? So anyway, yeah, he says, call your champion. And then we cut back to the celebration inside the castle. Adam is uh, speaking to his father, the king. Another great line. So Adam says to the king, he's talking about Duncan. He says, he sure is beaming with pride today. And the king says, that's parental pride, Adam. Something I hope I can feel someday as your father. (laughs) Just straight dissed. (laughs) Just freaking murdered your Man. own son, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't realize. I was very surprised that I didn't realize Diedrich's voice. Oh, yeah. It does not seem key. like that dude at all. He's such that, a goofy guy. Yeah, he has so many lines from movies, you know, Office Space and all the stuff he's been in. That's a That's a voice that you instantly recognize, but in this... I I had I had no idea honestly until I looked up the He sounds yeah me neither. He sounds very kingly, very regal, like very not like Oswald from <laughs> the Drew Carey yeah. show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's almost like he's an actor. Crazy. Wow. So yeah, uh Adam's dad is very disappointed in him. Uh Adam doesn't seem to give a crap though. He does he just kind of makes a face and is like whatever. Then he receives a telepathic message from the bird lady. She's calling for He-Man's help. Uh, and I thought it was interesting that uh, Adam whispers to Duncan 
that the bird lady is calling for for help. And then Duncan is the one that announces to everyone that the castle is under attack and we got to take action and all that. Uh, Adam rushes everyone out except Cringer. Everyone get out of the room because uh, he's got to transform into He-Man, people. Not that they know that. So it's just him and Cringer in the room, and this is his first, the first time we see the He-Man transformation. It's actually really cool. The music, I think, is the first thing I noticed. Badass is uh, the way I'm going to describe the music. Really awesome music. The way he says, I have the power is really cool. It's a lot more subtle vocal effect than the old one, but it still is reminiscent of what you remember and a lot of kind of the way he's posing his body and stuff is similar. And, you know, it's a simple but effective animation. He just kind of turns into this shinier version of the of the old He-Man that we all know and love. And he blasts Cringer with a sword. He turns into the big battle cat. He's a lot angrier all of a sudden. I love, can, can Cringer talk when he's in this battle cat mode? I don't think he does <laughs> talk when he's in battle cat. But I tell you what I do like. In the old one, Cringer, you know, got bigger so He-Man could ride him. In this one, he got bigger and freaking yolked. Like he had... Yeah. Biceps. I mean, he, was, he, got, he got jacked along He's with jacked. He-Man. So there's a lot of jackedness going on in this situation. Oh, so much jackedness. <laughs> a heaping amount of jackedness, certainly. So yeah, He-Man jumps on top of Cringer and rides off in just kind of awesome fashion. So yeah, basically, just like the, the intro says at this point, we know that Cringer, Duncan, and the Bird Lady know about Adam being He-Man. So now we're back at the castle of Battle Grayskull, like outside. It's a big battle scene. There's dudes on like these sky jet skis. Um, Duncan's being a total badass. He punches a horse. I'm not even kidding. He punches a horse right in the face. (laughs) Freaking awesome. He was always one of my favorite characters. And when I was, you know, a kid, I didn't really know why. I just thought he looked cool. But he's he very much portrays that like elder wise leader type dude but he also kind of kind of like a kind of like a um oh gosh the name escapes me now but in a classic he-man way and i don't know how else to describe it other than to keep saying the word jacked but he's like a wise he's almost like a wise old wizard but doesn't have magic and in its place is jackedness <laughs> yeah i don't know if you ever read um the um uh, the Dark Tower series by Stephen King, but he kind of reminds me of the the kind of the gunslingers of old, where they, it is kind of this almost like a, like medieval kind of royal kind of situation. Uh, but instead of like knights and swords and stuff, they're all kind of like these dudes with guns. Kind of reminds me of that, where he cool. he does kind of have that uh, that thing going on. I mean, he's a muscle wizard, Grizzly. <laughs> a muscle wizard. <laughs> We briefly see Beast Man. I'm sure we'll see him again, but uh, we briefly see him just kind of waving a whip around. Uh, the music, again, is awesome throughout this whole show. Really, really awesome music. And just the randomness of dudes we see in this battle scene. We just see, like, random guys that surely were just created to be an action figure. We see a dude with, like, a giant claw arm that comes up and crushes a vehicle of some kind. And just, you know, just, like, totally random dudes that we see for the first time ever and probably will never see again <laughs> But they, a lot of character design went into them nonetheless. This is where I would, funny. you know, listeners of episode zero will will know a Spring Arms Man. But I think this is where Spring, Sp- Arms, Spring, Man. Spring Arms Man would make his uh, his appearance. <laughs> and yeah, I gotta say, though, one of these random battle scenes. I'll tell you what, Beast Man looked freaking gnarly like that. But the first looked time good. it shows him, 
it literally takes up the whole screen. It's like in your face. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was, man, really, really awesome animation, but just the, the art design in general, like Beastman looked gnarly. Yes. It sucked. It sucked. He, he was in the, he was only in the show for like one second on, in the first episode. Just like a second. Surely we'll see more of him in like future episodes. I'm hoping. I'm sure. Anyway. So they've mostly fended off the castle. It seems, you know, the enemy forces are kind of dwindling, uh, but but Skeletor has kind of gotten away and he's kind of lurking inside the castle. Tila, she goes after him. She ventures ventures into the bowels of the castle to to find Skeletor, and she finds him. And, and also, He Man shows up, just kind of randomly, like, "Hey, I'm here too." Yeah, Skeletor's like, "You're not the champion." Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's right. He has more awesome lines, more awesome Skeletor <laughs> lines. So Skeletor kind of has a little bit of an exposition here. We find out what he's really after, which is the source of all magic in Eternia, which is buried under the castle. I guess that's what makes the castle so special. And then also just, you know, in the spirit of random people showing up, Evil Lynn just kind of appears like through a portal, you know, and <laughs> she shows up too to, to help Skeletor. And so we get a little bit of a, a bit of a fight scene here. Evil Lynn and Skeletor versus He-Man and Tila. A little bit of a 2v2 here. This fight looks really, really awesome. There's all kinds of spells and portals and summons and crazy stuff happening. There's one part where, like, Skeletor summons a small portal and punches it, and then a big portal opens up, and, like, a larger, yeah. like, a giant version of his fist comes out. It's like full-on portal move. <laughs> uh, yeah. So many cool things happening here. A giant tree guy appears he seems to be some kind of like guardian of this oh, place or whatever man, seems baby. like a really important he's moss man that's moss man baby. seems like a really <laughs> is it is that his real name moss man all the way yeah he was he was okay one of the his figure back in the day had that like i don't even know what it was called it was on a lot of toys and stuff it's that felty kind of like almost if they made made felt to survive outdoors, it has this like oh, I know this weird about. stuff over it. Yeah, he was sweet. He yeah. he came out like straight up, like Swamp Thing style. That was cool. Well, I thought it was hilarious because I didn't remember that dude from back in the day. So this, in my mind, this is the first time I'm seeing this like crazy like tree guy. <laughs> he shows up and grabs Skeletor. And we're thinking like it's about to go down. No, Skeletor just immediately incinerates him. Yeah. He's just like, he's like, he says, you first, Moss Man. And just, I was just, so disappointed. He was only, he was on, on screen for like five seconds. And everyone acted like it's a big deal. Like, oh, the tree guy's here. Here we go. But nah, no big deal. It's yeah. over. Instant he's dead defeat. forever. I was sad. I was like in the same, yeah. I think in the same breath, I was like, oh, oh, I did a double off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's like how this show happens, though. It's like a random thing happens and then it's gone and then another random thing. Yeah. So every, everything's abrupt. It is. It really is just like one thing after another. Uh, he Man's all pissed off about Moss Man uh, being killed. So he stabs Skeletor in the stomach with his sword. But wouldn't you know it, he accidentally, in doing so, he accidentally unlocks the door to the Hall of Wisdom. Classic mistake. Yeah. 
so, so yeah, he stabs Skeletor through the stomach, and he just so happened to be like standing in front of the door, and the the sword just so happens to be the key that just so happens to go into the keyhole, you know. And now he's opened the Hall of Wisdom, you know, a new random thing we've never heard of before. Hall of Wisdom, cool. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know any of that. I don't remember. I don't know a lot about the original series as far as like the details, you know, when we were kids, it was just like oh, huge neither. dudes just bashing each other was the cool part. But I, yeah, I yeah. don't remember the, I always just thought just the power just came from Grayskull somehow. That's just, it was just there somewhere. And then they went into like specifics on this. Yeah. We we're going to get into the, exactly where is that power? Skeletor's not dead, even though he just got a giant sword shoved through his stomach. He seems, Mostly fine. Uh, he kind of stands back up and he explains that the Hall of Wisdom is the storehouse of all knowledge in the universe. And uh, there was, this, I guess, this old council of elders that they concentrated all of their powers into this magical orb here. Uh, and that's, you know, all the magic of an Eternia is, is contained there. Galator says Castle Grayskull is really just an illusion that's there to protect that orb. Um. And so then he smashes the orb with his staff. <laughs> just kind of out of nowhere, just hits it. <laughs> got to release that magic. Um, yeah, he just got to, he's doing this little exposition, talking about the orb, yada, 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 smash. Like, whoa. So He-Man screams, no, and then time freezes all of a sudden, and the bird lady appears as like an astral projection. She says that she's frozen time, but she can't hold it for long. And once time is unfrozen, they only have a few seconds before everybody dies. All of existence comes to an end. And she also says to uh, to Tila that the reason she she appeared there was because she wanted to see her one last time, which maybe indicates that there's a relation there. Maybe that's her mom. I don't know. Yeah, I was wondering about there that. Was a, I don't know. There was a moment. Yeah, there was a little moment there for sure. So He-Man has a bright idea. He, you know, this this orb, as soon as time unfreezes, this orb's going to explode and it's all over. So He-Man's like, wait a minute. What if I summon the power again while I'm in this form, in He-Man form, and, you know, somehow that's going to allow him to use the sword to absorb this blast from the orb exploding, and that's going to save the universe, I guess. <laughs> I love the logic of this it, thing. You know? Come on. Don't you see? I love how he just, I love this moment too, because he just like, he had this amazing idea. Like, wait a minute, I can just summon the power again and that'll do it. <laughs> and then we're oh, good. of course. Yeah. And the bird lady's like, well, yes, it will work, but you know, it will kill you also. So I love how there's no explanation of, of why that will work. Everyone just is like, oh yeah, obviously that'll work. Duh, that's the power. <laughs> yeah, it's the power. You just summon it again. You just summon it as many times as you need to until the problem's solved. <laughs> <Right>. Easy. <laughs> so anyway, bird, the bird lady's like, yeah, I mean, that will work, but it, it's going to kill you in the process. Meanwhile, Tila's like, wait a minute, what do you mean while I'm in this form? Because, you know, she doesn't know that Adam and He-Man is the same person. So there's a there's a moment there. Anyway, the bird lady, she can't hold it. She lets go. Time unfreezes. He-Man summons the power again. It kind of brings down this giant lightning bolt out of the sky, and it splits the splits the sword in half, kind of in, into two separate swords. And I kind of have a feeling that there's going to be something with these two swords mm -hmm. going forward. We'll see. And then uh, he it causes He-Man, like in the middle of all this kind of stuff happening, He-Man transforms back into Adam. Tila and Skeletor are both there. They both see like, oh, it's it's this guy. Okay. 
So this is what I'm talking about. The secrets. Okay, if of all people you don't want to know, I would think Skeletor would be number one that should not be in on the secret. Yeah, right. <laughs> you it's know? Like, yeah, it's like what Spider-Man always says. He doesn't want anybody to know who he is so that he doesn't come for the other people in his life, not necessarily him. <laughs> right. He meant, it's just um, yeah. it's funny in those opening credits, only four people know the secret. <laughs> the and then secret. by the time we're through the first episode, the main bad guy knows the secret. <laughs> so, what, uh, uh, I wonder what kind of actions he'll take now that he has Yeah. Now that he has that information. Funny. And I love that <laughs> that's the little side note I put here. Whenever Evelyn disappears, out of all the mm-hmm. awesome music and like just really cool like audio imagery of the sound effects and things, when e- <laughs> when Evelyn disappears, it's just like '90s water bubble noises. She's just like. I think I remember what you're talking about. I was like, "What?" That was. I wonder if that was like a real. I wonder if they like got a sound sample from the old show and used that. It, may, it was so out of play. It took me out for a second. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I like, yeah, I like how Evil Lynn just can appear and disappear, and none of these people have like defined powers. You know, it's just whatever the scene calls for. It's like, oh, she can do this now. Yeah. You know? Well, there's so much. I, I think a lot of it is like, you know, they're just assuming you know the depth of the characters from the first show while also kind of reminding you of where their place in this universe is but as i recall evelyn was always you know she was always skeletor's right hand but she was very mysterious like i remember yeah. even even in the she's not this i get the uh impression she's not necessarily totally loyal to him like she's getting something out of the arrangement it seems like to me yeah she's very she's very her own and she kind of was like yeah. that even in the in the Dolph movie, uh, which she really, at least in the face, looked almost identical to the animation as she did in the old movie. But mm. yeah, mysterious character. This whole you know cacophony is happening with He-Man summoning the power a second time, and it splits the sword in half. And Skeletor runs up and he tries to take the sword, aka the power, uh, away from Adam during while this kind of explosion is is happening. But then the explosion kind of comes to a head, and it's like a big explosion. And after the smoke clears and everything, uh, both Adam and Skeletor are gone. They've vanished, nowhere to be seen. Uh, and the sword and everything else, it, it's gone too. So that's kind of the end of that scene. We get the, yeah, we get a, a evil Lynn with her little bubble noise fading away there. We're back at the castle now. Everyone is super sad. He-Man is dead. Uh, the queen is crying into the king's arms. She's saying, we've lost our son. This is Alicia Silverstone's voice, by the way. We've lost our son. The king says, no, we haven't. What are you talking about? The, Adam's fine, right, Duncan? Uh, and Duncan kind of with his hat in his hands, you know, he's like, I'm very sorry, your highness, but uh, Adam and He-Man are actually the same dude. Sorry I didn't tell you, <laughs> but I'm telling you now. <laughs> <laughs> And so uh, the king's pissed, you know, he's like, he just kind of flies into a rage. He says, get the hell out of here. You're banished. If you ever come back, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a bad, a bad situation for you. Uh, Tila's angry too, because she's been lied to. They've all been covering up the secret about who Prince Adam really was and all this stuff. So she quits. She throws her kind of tiara thing down on the ground and 
Uh, we see we get this closing scene with uh, Tila walking through these this sort of like townspeople, and they're all uh, cheering and excited. They're saying He Man finally defeated Skeletor, and um, that's basically the final scene. That's, that's where know. we end it. Roll credits right there. I'll say Tila. Yeah, I guess they don't know. She, her, her toughness went up about fifty percent when she dropped the tiara thing. <laughs> she looked like a savage with her. Hair oh down. yeah. Like, Dang. Oh yeah, and her hair is all like flowing yeah. down and everything, and she's all angry. Yeah, so she's you know she's now the new man at arms as of this first episode, as the the, the episode began. But then she just quit her job yeah. after the first day, pretty much. Now, now there's no man at arms because uh, because <laughs> Duncan's banished. Yeah, and I mean she's Dun- quit. <laughs> yeah, Duncan's gone. It's a bad situation. He Man's gone. They better promote somebody quick. <laughs> Spots open. Uh, that's you know that's the first episode of this thing. Uh, I thoroughly have enjoyed this thing. I think I've watched this episode maybe five times, just to get it real fresh in my mind, getting ready for this podcast here. Uh, I've thoroughly been enjoying it. I'm very much looking forward to to watching the rest of these these episodes. I've watched the series once already, so this is a second watch through now. But it's been really fun to kind of really slow down and and pay attention to really what's happening. You, you really watch things differently when you're doing a podcast about it and you have to talk about it. You know? Yeah. I normally watch things, it kind of makes me realize I normally watch things in a very passive way and I, there's a lot of stuff that I'm not taking in and this is forcing me to stop and make sure that I'm catching everything and it's been fun. I really, I've really been enjoying it. I think that's good for this show too because there there is a lot to appreciate, you know, like we talked about at the beginning you know, between the voice acting, the animation, the music, like everything, there really is a lot to appreciate. So I think it does warrant a a slow through, if I can coin a phrase. Yeah, to, a slow to, through. That's nice. I like that. And it's, I, I think you garner more from that because of the, the, the all of the quality that's there. And you definitely will miss out if you're just, you know, if you have it on in the background while you're making burgers or something, you're going to miss a lot. In this not not every show is like that for sure, but this one this one is. Yeah, it really is worth savoring, you know. And even like the the way that they nailed it so perfectly is, is kind of a magical thing. Even like you know, there's some lines that are super corny, you know, but it's like they're supposed to be, you know, like yeah. He Man's kind of corny, and they're 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 just the right amount of corny and just the right way. It's like they did that on purpose, you know. They wanted it to be that way. Yeah, it's okay in this show to be corny. I mean, there's. When you're, when you're, when there's a dude named Beast Man running around, I mean, corny, corny, is, <laughs> yeah. corny gets yeah. a pass. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, this is this is this is awesome. It's you know, it's a it's very much like hitting those nostalgia buttons. I'm I'm having a great time with it, and it's just hilarious. I mean, some of these lines, man, like the the king just telling Adam how freaking disappointed in him he is, and Skeletor just having. Just baller one-liner after another. I can't wait to see what more happens from Skeletor. By far my favorite character in this thing so far. I can imagine the rest of the series isn't as as abrupt, like point to point to point. I mean, it was it was pretty clear that this was they're like the setup, like setup for the season. Yeah. Um, and I did. It was. I do remember thinking that on my first on my first watch through when I was just kind of casually watching it on my own. I do remember thinking like. Man, stuff just kind of randomly happens in this show. <laughs> so, but we'll we'll see now. Now that we slow down and watch it more closely, we'll see if I still feel that way. 
Anyway, anything else to say about the first episode? Yeah, it's really good. I, I did. Think- I did. Uh, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. It's a good one. So that'll wrap up this discussion. So uh, two weeks from now, we'll uh, we'll talk about episode number two, and we'll just work our way through this thing until it's over. Um, so funclubpod at gmail.com is our email address. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can make a suggestion for the show. You can ask us random questions, tell us jokes. You know, it doesn't even really have to be related to the stuff we're talking about here. You know, we just like to hear from people that listen to the podcast. So funclubpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Anything else, Crow, before we go? I think that's it. Looking forward to the next one. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.